Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, June 2, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, we have another very narrow ranging day on our hands. You can see today's candle from high to low, very narrow day. It was an inside day to yesterday. What exactly does that mean? Other than the fact that the high and low today was inside of yesterday's high and low, it doesn't really have any meaning whatsoever in terms of today's chart. The trend is your friend. They're hanging around near the highs. They made an attempt to reach or exceed the highs yesterday. They were slightly rejected, but this isn't a real bona fide rejection. They just pulled back from the highs. That's it. We're talking about points. We're not talking about percentage points. We're talking about 20 or 30 S&P points. It's not a rejection in the sense of the term. It's a pullback. And technically speaking, there's nothing wrong with this daily chart. There are some traders out there that will want to make a federal case out of yesterday's candle. They'll want to call it a reversal candle. And technically, it can be somewhat of a reversal candle, but it was not accompanied by institutional participation, as we know. However, there's always a however. But wait, there's more. We have reason to look at other charts. Remember, things start from a shorter time frame and they morph onto other charts. So what our job is to look around the horn, look at all the variety of charts we can, and see if the shorter time frame charts are telling a different story that the longer time frame charts will soon tell themselves. Sounds like a bunch of rhetoric. Let's get down to brass tacks. We've been looking a lot lately at the 240-minute chart, It's got some attributes that I seem to like. So here it is again. Yesterday, we have that same reversal bar. We saw it on the daily chart. This one is a little more pronounced on the 240 chart. So now what do we have? Now we have a bear flag working inside of that big breakdown candle from yesterday. Now, there's three options that happen from this point forward. Up, down, and sideways. Yeah, we know that, but let's explain what the market would be doing and why. So option number one is they're going to want to climb up the breakdown candle. Why is that? Because markets do that all the time. They don't do it every time. They just like to do it a lot. So we have an awareness that they could do it. So if they do, they're going to start climbing up the high or up to the high, which is right around 472.72. They don't have to get all the way there, but that's what they would be doing. Option number B is continuing to create and make this bear flag pattern, eating some time off the clock down near the lows of the breakdown candle. Option number three, which would be followed by option number two or even right away, is they fall again, creating a symmetrical move from the high, the breakdown candle, the bear flag, and into what? Well, it's right here in front of us. Let's use the breakup candle low that we've been eyeballing. It comes in at what? Remember, 4.17.08. We're going to use 4.17 for argument's sake. 
guess what? 417 happens to be smack dab in the middle of two moving averages, the 50 and the 20 period moving average. So essentially, what we can say, looking at the chart, looking at this pattern today, now if it morphs into something else, the story changes. But as it stands today, taking what's on the chart, on this 240 chart, at face value, we could say that under normal garden variety conditions, there would be chart support at 417. In fact, until and unless they start trading out of this bearish flaggish pattern, then that's pretty much what we could expect to happen under normal garden variety markets. What's the look when we go down to a 120 minute chart? It's really the same look. You can see the breakdown candle that comes off this first candle from yesterday, and then we have the same bearish, flaggish, wedgish kind of thing. It's not quite a flag, it's more of a wedgish, sloppyish kind of thing, but interestingly enough, of course, we have the same 417 noted, and what do we have? We have the convergence of the 50 period moving average and now the 100 period moving average in that general zone. Also, there happens to be a gap over here. So we can also count on the number around 416, give or take, as somewhat of a safety net if they were to trade through this area, if in fact they are trading lower. This is the bear case. We have to be the umpire calling balls and strikes. We all know that. What kind of look does the hourly chart give us? Well, it gives us much of the same look, a little bit sloppier, but the same concept. And guess what? You have now here two different moving averages, the 200 period as well as the 100 period coming in slightly beneath 417. So what you can see by looking at the 240, the 120, and the 60-minute chart, we can see that we have reason to believe that the market would find at minimum of intraday support for a bounce slash trade opportunity in and around that zone if, in fact, it traded down there in a straight shot. Now let's say it's going down there in somewhat of a hurry. Most traders would believe it's a falling knife and they don't want to really get in front of it. But if you have an understanding of where the destination is, and this is a destination, why is that? It's a destination because of a number of reasons. We like to call this kind of stuff a full stack. We have a full stack of reasons. One reason is we have a breakup candle low. Another reason is the myriad of moving averages, depending on what chart we look at, when these reasons start to stack up, chart after chart after chart, we start to look at the market, take it at face value, and say, this is just the way the market works. They're running a test of this area. When they run a test of this area, under normal conditions, the market should find support and at minimum of get an intraday bounce. That's the way the market works. That's my analysis period, full stop. Let's start over because we're the umpire calling balls and strikes. So now let's look at the other side. The other side is the bull case. The trend is your friend until she dumps you. That's the dominant thing. Now, if they don't go lower, which they've had every opportunity to go lower, but they won't and haven't gone lower just yet. So on one hand, that's got to tell us there's something pulling the market in the northern direction. They want a reason. They're looking for a reason to make new highs. They made an attempt yesterday. 
They didn't do it. That's okay. It was the first shot at making a new high since the previous high. Under normal conditions, they don't do it on the first shot. But what we do know is they were not rejected. So not being rejected at least tells us that they're not ready to go down. Therefore, they're looking for a spark to break up to new highs and beyond. So how do we know? What can we use to know that they're going to do it? What can we use to know that they're inching closer and closer and closer to being what we'll call a fait accompli? We go back to the intraday charts and we say, well, for one thing, getting above today's high, and that would be tomorrow on Thursday, getting above today's high and closing even short-term candles above is a pretty good hint that they're going to run a test of or in the neighborhood of the breakdown candle high. Now, if they're doing that, are they really just running a test of the breakdown candle high after being up in that neck of the woods 10 cents from the all-time high yesterday? Well, the prevailing wisdom would say, well, let's look at the dominant stuff. The trend is your friend. They had opportunity to go down and they couldn't. They're at or approaching the highs once again. What are the odds they're just running a test of one candle high, or are they getting ready to bust out to make new highs? So what I would say is, if we find the market pushing above today's high tomorrow, it's a pretty good hint that they're going to do the thing and make new highs. This is the thought process, analyzing the market in terms of a hypothetical. If they get above today's high, that would give me the hint. They haven't got above today's high because the market hasn't opened yet tomorrow. How's AMC doing up at $69, $70 after hours? Pretty incredible stuff. It's like GameStop 2.0. I don't really have anything for you with this thing. This thing is in a land of its own, as we know. What else we know is what goes up will come down. It's just a matter of from where. You could say today it looks ridiculous or redonkulous at 70, and then we could say the same thing tomorrow at 100. We just don't know. We went through the same thing with GameStop. This is somewhat of a joke. However, it's real in terms of there are real people losing and making real money with these stocks, but they are rodeos. They are gambling vehicles at present. It's just not something that I choose to traffic in. It's fun to watch, though. I call these stocks spectator stocks, spectator sports stocks. Now, by the way, the way this works is after posting this video with AMC, I'm going to get at least one or two emails tonight saying, hey, I made X amount of dollars and it'll be in the thousands and thousands, maybe even tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars in AMC today. And there's about a 98.7% chance that it's a big fat lie. But that's pretty much what's going to happen. What about inside the numbers? I would get out a yellow sticky pad today because there's some important stuff in here in terms of the numbers and the commentary. We'll circle back to stocks on the move, but let's run through the commentary. I want to point out a number of important things. It's hump day already. Wake up flat as a pancake right around the big fat round numbers. That was ES4200 SPY420. Let's move along, see what the early thoughts are. 
It's quiet, and unless they find a reason to move before the opening bell, we've got many of the same general numbers from yesterday. For example, we've got 420.50, which is our gateway to a trip back up north. Now, pay attention to these numbers. Write them down on the sticky note real quick. If the Bulls can get anything going above 420.50, the next rest stop would be the zone around 421.30 to 421.60. Don't take these numbers for granted. These numbers are real. Now, we have an after that, but they didn't get higher than that, so we don't have to go over the after that. We had some stuff down south. The 418.45 will come up later. They didn't quite get there, but they got somewhat close this afternoon. And then, of course, we're always going to mention the 417 while it's important as it is. Now, let's see what else we have as the day matures. 915. They creeped higher toward 420.50 as the pre-market activity progressed. The writing was already on the wall when I saw that. So what we've got is 420.50 as resistance, and what we've also got is if they were going to run a shakeout operation, we have a gap down below. It's not that far away. It's a gap left open from the previous day's close. 419.87 down to 419.60, give or take depending on what chart you're looking at, so I give a zone rather than one price. So I'm saying it's normal to fill the gap, and what we're looking for is let them go and run a test of 420.50, get rejected, go back and fill the gap, and then we can get the lay of the land whether they go below the gap or they bounce off the gap. That was, in my mind, that was the thought process before the open. Let's get the lay of the land with a picture before we get to more notes and commentary. So we have right of the vertical is today's activity. We know all that. This is a five-minute chart. 420.50 is the line in the middle of the screen. So you can see what happens. So the market opens, and they try and get there, and they immediately fall away. This was creeping up there in the pre-market. The opening print was 420.37, and they just fell away. Okay, fair enough. We don't know exactly that they're going to get there on the first shot. Maybe they'll fill the gap. Maybe they won't. They jerk the market around right at the opening bell. There's expectations of that. So now you see the lower two horizontal lines, 419.87, 419.60. So they didn't get to 420.50. They fell away. They filled the gap, immediately turned around, and went back to 420.50. Now, you don't know that they're going to do that You don't know what sequence they're going to do that in, but we had the numbers, so here's what I'll say. There are traders that will buy and that did buy the gap. Whether I chose to do it or not, there are traders that bought the gap this morning. There are traders that are not afraid to do that, and they realize that if they start trading below the gap and close candles below the gap, then something else is developing, but that's a risk they're willing to take. They're looking for a quick morning trade. This has something for everybody. If you have the numbers and you have the schematic, you have the ability to make your own decisions based on your own risk tolerance and preferred style of trading. Again, I give you the numbers, but there's something for everybody. There are traders that would rather short the 420.50. There are traders that would rather buy the 419.87 or 419.60. Sometimes they're the same trader, and sometimes they're just two different traders. 
So by 9.32, we're saying the door is open for 4.19.65, give or take. So by 9.32, we're focused on 4.19.60. 60.65, either way. That's the zone down there that we were focused on. They never got to 4.20.50. Trick and Company was the first trade. Think about it for a second. They creep up toward that spot all morning long. Right before the opening bell, they're close. And then all of a sudden, the bell rings, they're underneath, and they drop like a stone, relatively speaking. They didn't get very far, but they drop immediately. So therefore, that's why I say Trick and Company was the first trade. Who's Trick and Company for the folks that are new here? The Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate Crew, also known as. They're the people that make sure that all investors and traders are made to look like fools most of the time. That's why we need the numbers to avoid looking like a fool. You look like a fool when you don't have the numbers. When you don't have the numbers, what do you do? You guess. When you guess, what happens? You lose. You look like a fool. Sometimes we lose when we have the numbers. We still look like a fool. So now, 941, they did the thing where they fill the gap and bounce away. Back above 420 should send them in float mode and make a better test of 420.50. So now here's another one. So they get back above 420, and here we are again. I just want to point out what happened. So we're near the vertical because it's right after the opening bell. So they fill the gap, and they get above 420. What were they supposed to do? Now, I said float mode, but they ran right up there. But either way, they're going to run a better test or an actual test of 420.50. Why? Because it's an important number, and that's what they do. That's the way the market works at least from where I sit. All right, now we're moving along. 4.2050 won't be the same resistance it would have been or was right in front of it early on. What I'm saying is, after they filled the gap and went back up there, you don't know whether the destination was again just 4.2050 or even higher because they recocked the weapon. That's the way it works. Now, if they get above 4.2050, 4.2130 is the next spot. So you saw that early in the morning, so we start bringing it up again as the day gets underway because we have to be prepared and continue to remember to be prepared. And by the way, 9.51, and right out of the chute, we know 4.2050 is important and is our early pivot, period, full stop. By the way, look how many times once price got above 4.2050, look how many times they came back to run a test of 4.2050 before trying for the higher number. By the way, 421.30 was the higher number, right? Well, guess what? What was the high over here? 421.23 missed it by seven cents. So they missed this right out of the gate. They fill the gap. Then they missed the next number up above 420.50 by seven cents. And then look what happens into the end of the day. The high was 420.47, missed it by three cents. So they keep missing numbers by a smidgen. It's interesting. It's interesting what we'll call behavior. There are no accidents or coincidences across the market. And we're moving along with the commentary. If they run sideways under or on top of 42050 for a while, they'll be building energy to move higher at some point. By 1012, the door is starting to open for a test of 42130. That was at 1012. Where's 1012? Well, Here's the candle ending at 10.15. They were starting, and they hadn't really even 
sustained anything over 420.50, but the writing was on the wall. Could take some time, but if they start closing candles above 420.50, they should push into that neighborhood. It's not open yet, but the longer they hang out, the more likely it is they'll push higher again. Moving along, 1020. As prescribed, they're pushing higher toward 421.30, give or take. Now you know what your support is. You know what your line in the sand is. Falling back below 420.50 would also be a tell at that point. It would take 421.30 off the table, and it would bring the bears back in town. About some garden variety resistance around 421. Look at that. They miss it again by pennies. So here it is. Beneath 421, 420.98. Here's another high, 420.98. They pull away. What's the retest? 420.50. Then they bust through, but they never get to 421.30. Why am I harping on a few pennies? Because if they don't run a test of my actual number, then there's something awry. There's something amiss in the market. The market is a little bit squirrely. I like full-on tests of my numbers. So be it. At this point, it's pretty clear. They either get to 421.30 to 421.60, or fail and get back below 420.50, which by the way, is precisely what happened. We're moving along. They were spending a lot of time at 420.50, so anyone have a question whether or not 420.50 is our pivot? I didn't hear from anybody, so I'm assuming everybody bought the story of 420.50. I think you get the point. What I urge you to do as I scroll up is pause the video, read the notes, go back to the charts, double check the work. This is information that if you're active and trading in the market during the day, you can use this information to your advantage. You have to know your numbers. I'm giving you my numbers about stocks on the move. There were four opportunities today. The market was obviously very quiet, not a lot of stocks moving around in the pre-market, and there was one that came into its price objective, its entry target, B-E-K-E. This one we'll call a dud. It did the base hit. I actually got a base hit out of this one. However, it was more of a dud than anything else. Getting a haircut at the open, $50.45 was the thing. It came into the number, and they spent a lot of time below the number, a couple of hours in the morning below the number. They finally got back above and made a high of $50.95, doing the minimum required base hit. They came back in, looked like they were building some kind of a bullish pattern to make another push higher, but they leaked all day long anyway. So that's what happened. It was a base hit from a technical perspective. It did work, but it was a dud at the end of the day. And yes, it can be both. Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame, but they could still be duds at the end of the day. What's going on over in Camp IWM? pretty interesting when you look at it. Let's drill down to a shorter time frame real quick. Look at this. They're fighting that line. That trend line is real. By the way, it's not my trend line. It's the trend line that the chart already drew. We just highlighted it. Sounds a little wacky. Let me explain that a little further. By virtue of the market creating these pivots, made a pivot high, a lower high, and then this lower high yet over here, It created this trend line by doing that. All we did was connect the dots. They're fighting that line, but they're hanging around that line. Again, they have an opportunity to get rejected, and they haven't yet. Here's a breakdown candle on the hourly chart. 
They're making a bearish, wedgish kind of thing, but they're retesting the line. Over the line, over this breakdown candle high, and guess what? They're going to get sucked up in a vacuum to where? 231, we talked about it last night, or more. But 231 will be garden variety of chart resistance. By the way, remember the weekly chart? We're always focused on this low here, 217.67. So they ran several, many, many tests of that level, of that price area, that breakup candle low. And now, at least this is the way we can look at it while they're doing this. They ran the tests. And now, after successful test, they're trading back in the other direction. And what normally happens is, after eating time off the clock, inside of one of these breakup candles, what do they do? They move higher. They've built energy for another push higher. You have no choice but to look at the weekly chart like that until it shows you something else. That's being the umpire calling balls and strikes. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Now, all of a sudden, and this, by the way, is my second favorite market-leading indicator where the IWM is A number one, but this is our favorite canary in the coal mine. So what we've got is now, all of a sudden, based on today's close, we've got a breakdown underneath the 20-period moving average, and essentially, they have created somewhat of one of these wedge patterns. So guess what? If in fact this does the thing it's supposed to do, it should come below the 50 period moving average. Maybe challenge these pivot lows over here. But before we pass judgment on the daily chart, shouldn't we take a look at some shorter time frames? Now the 240 chart, you can see all of a sudden they closed pretty much on top of this convergence of moving averages. So above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend until she dumps you. So this is teetering. Well, we'll see. They also close below this breakup candle low. So if I had to handicap this chart, I would say the bears have the edge. Now we move over to the 120 minute chart. What do we see? We see them below three moving averages, a convergence of three moving averages. Now, for the market to get below three moving averages and close down there and spend all day down there for the most part, I think you have to watch that. I think that's significant. You could say, well, they filled a gap. Yeah, they filled a gap, but why didn't they just trade away if that's all they were doing? Now they're hanging around down by the gap, which leads me to believe there's another destination. How do you like them apples? Then you move over to the hourly chart. You have this last breakdown candle and you have a bear flag pattern right over the 200 period moving average that won't be support. Why? Because they're eating time off the clock right on top of it. In my opinion, where does this want to go? 15,500, give or take. We'll go right in the area of this breakup candle low, 15,475 for rounding purposes. We'll leave it on the chart, see what happens. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? What's going on over here? Well, Above all the moving averages, we know the story there, and they're pretty much eating time off the clock in an effort to build energy for another push higher to do what? Challenge the highs. That's what they're doing here until and unless it changes and they're doing something else. Again, take the market at face value. You analyze the charts in front of you, not the chart you think it might be, you think it might be next week, you want it to be, none of that stuff. It's what it is today.
What about the financials, the XLF? Anything going on here? No, it's trending higher, period. Move on. Smash Mouth, doing pretty much the same thing, but a different kind of look than the Qs. And remember, the SMH, or the semiconductor space, is a pretty good proxy for the tech space as a whole. So above all the moving averages, we could have a lower high. That's possible. Above all the moving averages, we'll take precedent. But there is some conflicting data on the SMH chart. However, when you look at the weekly chart, there's really not a lot of conflicting data other than the lower highs, which by the way, I don't want to minimize. That is significant from a technical perspective. But think about it like this. They ran a test of the 20-period moving average. They've exhausted the 20-period moving average. They're riding it, riding it. It looks like they're breaking down, and they recapture the 20-period moving average. Now, on its face, that's bullish. Now, here's what we'll say about the other side of that. You have a high, a lower high, and potential lower high. We're going to call this a potential. Now, if, in fact, this lower high chooses to play like this, and heads back in the southern direction, and they give up this weekly breakup candle low, which also below the 20-period moving average. If that happens, that would warrant a good night, Irene. It's not what we have today. It's a if-they-did-that discussion. You have to be aware of both sides of all markets. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you Without you, these videos are not possible. True and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.